Maundy Thursday is made up of such tender beauty. Each year we come together and in various forms we share a meal filled with love and fellowship. We enter into the intimate act of washing feet of a loved one or maybe even of a stranger. We carefully strip away all the ornament from our sanctuary, washing the altar clean, preparing for what will come tomorrow. It is a night of fellowship and feasting, of communion and intimacy. It certainly was for Jesus and his friends in ways I suspect most of those friends could not have anticipated. They knew his end was drawing near. At least they had heard him say so. They understood this at least enough to urge him not to go back to Jerusalem, to stay hidden away in the countryside where he was safe. Instead, they are now in the heart of the city, in that upper room of a friend's house. The oil lamps are lit, dimly flickering shadows across the walls as they recline, seated on the floor and gathered around a low table. Jesus breaks bread with them, dipping it in olive oil, sharing this simple meal even as his death looms. He tenderly serves them, insisting on caring for them, washing their feet. It is an act of such humble service, then and yes, still now, enough so that we are often uncomfortable with it, and enough so that then the disciples were jarred, resistant to the vulnerability of accepting such care. That is what this night is, intimate communion, humble service, tender connection. And yet here we are, separated by miles and screens, with all of us sheltering in place for the foreseeable future, this, this profound physical separation keeps us at a distance from anyone we don't live with. We could not gather around the same tables tonight. And that concreteness matters. Holding hands to say grace and pouring each other glasses of water and passing the basket of bread. That matters. We cannot wash each other's feet tonight. We cannot stand present shoulder to shoulder in our sanctuary as we prepare for Good Friday. And it hurts. This is not right. And frankly, even if we do the best we can, it still is not really good enough. The screen has 
many amazing features that make so much possible that is truly wonderful. And on this night, we are meant to be together in the flesh. The loss is real. Through all of this, the words of Simone Weil have been lingering with me. She's, she seemed to speak straight into this time. Simone Weil, she was a French philosopher. She had this absolutely brilliant, unstoppable mind. She was a mystic. She understood that there is much we can experience and yet not quite explain. Born in 1909, she, she lived almost entirely in tumultuous times. She sought to learn all that she could about ethics, and she, she worked to live them out in her body. She insisted on joining common laborers in their exhausting work. She refused special medical treatment for her ailments that was not available to all. She saw the inequality that was a scourge on her society so then as it is now. And she gave herself to studying this injustice and actively living in opposition to it. It was largely because of this ethic that she died in 1945 when she was 34. The words of Simone Weil that have been following me through Lent, they were published after her death. They were written carefully and beautifully by hand in a notebook. She had entrusted it to a friend knowing that her future was uncertain. On those pages, she wrote that absolutely unmixed attention is prayer. Our attention, and more specifically, the act of giving our full attention, this, she wrote, is the very nature of prayer. There is nothing more we can give than that. Not when the world is at war, as it was for her. Not when the world is sheltering from a pandemic, either. It is so good and so holy to be able to offer the prayer of our full attention in person. I long for a time when we can do that again. I, I suspect we all do. And the gift is still here, ready for us to pick it up and offer it. Be it through a, a crackling phone call that echoes our distance, or a tattered letter still soggy from all those days of rain, or even a pixelated screen betraying an overloaded internet connection. Be it even in the quiet of our hearts, attention is attention. 
and attention is prayer. Vey was challenged by her times deeply as we are now. And with her body and with her words, she reached for this holy, all-in way. This is the way of Jesus, offering his full attention in turn to the ones at his side, to his creator, to the world. It's how he lived, even when fear swirled, even when it seemed that nothing would go his way. It's how he invites us to live, even now. Even spread out, even isolated, we have our attention to give. This can be, admittedly, incredibly challenging right now, as so much jockeys for our attention. There's no question that many of us are really distracted right now, And with reason, it's okay if it's hard. Even as the danger of this virus and all the attendant and very real worries rise about us, still we can reach to offer our attention. When we do, even if it comes in fits and starts, even if our children interrupt us many, many times, God will meet us there. This presence we might have otherwise missed entirely. So no, we didn't gather around tables tonight, but some of us gathered with family, some of us gathered on Zoom. We can give our attention to the meals that nourish us and to those with whom we still break bread, even from afar. And in a little while, we will do our best to offer the tender care that Jesus extended to his reluctant friends. Maybe you will take the feet of a family member in your hands, there in your living room, and wash them again this year. We, here at church, six feet apart, we will sit and wash our own weary feet trusting that our own bodies need the prayer of our attention also. And finally, if we pause to really consider it, even the very fact that we are apart right now is evidence of our collective care for one another's bodies. Right now, even crossing the street to keep our distance or spreading out down the grocery aisles or donning masks, staying at home, all these practices are acts of prayer for the world. None of this is how we would have chosen it. But then I don't think that night so many years ago was the first choice for Jesus and his friends either. And so we muster our gumption. We we buttress our aching hearts. And we strive to follow the way that Jesus is modeling this night. We, too, we can offer our attention and know that somehow it will be enough. In these days, 
more than ever, our attention will be our prayer.